and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds, where I'm sure someone has something snarky and inappropriate to say. Not, not at the moment. Uh, okay. My nipples are still hard. Yeah, well, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. You're the one that went and touched yourself. <laughs> PSA. Sandy's nipples are hard. TSA doesn't need to know this. Fair. I did TSA say knows about Uwu Gurn. Speaking of Uwu Gurn, we got merch. That's nice merch. This is when you do the merch plug while I'm showing the hoodie, you <laughs> fucking nerd. That's called a Segway. They're not just scooters. We have merch. Get it. It's nice. It's good quality. You should Don't get you it. it. It's probably linked in the uh, chat, or you could go to the about part of the channel. You know, at some point, you got to learn about how our, ch- our merch store works if you're going to keep doing these plugs. I was voluntold. You were voluntold. voluntold. Yes. I never volunteered. In chat, exclamation point merch will take will provide you a link to the merch store, or you can find it on the about page of our Twitch channel, where you can connect and get all sorts of different Night Owl merch. Hats, shirts, pants. We haven't gotten to underwear yet, but we're working on it. The gray sweatpants. Mm. If you got if you got cake. If you ain't got cake, <laughs> it'll make you have cake. <laughs> I'm gluten free, so it all depends on the type of cake we're talking about. Uh, very, it's very meaty cake. <laughs> oh, I like meat cake. <laughs> Early uh, Zandy, Zandy with the, with the next plug, please. <laughs> Yo, so we. We have a, a thing that we do here at Night Owl Nerds. It's called roleplay. And every week, we bring to you the best that we can provide on Saturday nights. But Sandy, what if I want more Night Owl Nerds content? Well, that's what we got our Friday show for. We've got Matters at Hand, where you've got Zero leading the show. And we talk about D&D. We talk about... Uh, the maps that we're building, we enjoy ourselves. But Zandy, what if I want more Night Owl Nerds content? Well, that's where we got you with the midweek streams. Uh, this week, we played pl- fucking Payday 3. We were we were stealing shit. We were shooting shit. We were playing evil. Something that we don't do very often here, if, except for the times that we do. Uh, so you should tune into those too. Gaming shows where you get to see me play some games that's uh tuesdays and wednesdays starting at 7 30 eastern time we have a good time there we have a good time here better time here even but we have a fun time shooting shit blowing up cities burning forests you know next week we might even let some dinosaurs loose who knows i, I burnt a forest in real life once Smokey the bear disapproves yeah i had to wash um fire trucks to get out of a potential felony arson charge as a young kid, so. 
Well, now that that's out there in the public eye. Well, that's okay. She has an arson charge. It's what why it's her name. I won't reveal things like that. And our last announcement. Our last announcement. As it may be noticed, we are missing a video box. Grave, our player for Celine, has decided to take a hiatus. Uh, for personal family reasons, we wish her the best in what she is uh, doing, and we will welcome her back with open arms when she is ready to return. We love you, Grave, and we will miss you. Yep, yep. With all that said, are we ready to jump back into this, folks? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Maybe. Get your cake squeezing pants on. Let's do this. Oh, pants are required. Hold on one second. Boy. I'm back. They were around his ankles. Apparently. (laughs) Because of the gun show earlier. I was going to say, it's probably because you lifted your sweater. Uh, And rubbing your nipples. (laughs) Until they were. That, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It happens. All of this recorded. That's okay. I don't know if I'm I regret being here quite often. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking sorry. about taking my own hiatus after that. <laughs> regret <laughs> requires to... making wrong choices, and I'm never wrong. I'll pull up my other shirt, like my undershirt for you, John. Okay, I hope I'll this stay. all stays in the audio version. If it doesn't, when I get around to clipping it, I can clip it for you. There we go. Are we good now? Have we gotten it out of our systems? For now. Okay. And so we jump back into our main campaign. Fates split. Last time on Fates Split... Encouragement, suddenly awoken in the middle of the night by a loud explosion <clears throat> centered on the shadow quarter of Halos Fi, drow city of the surface. Quickly exiting their beds, their various places where they were sleeping, they rushed toward the shadow quarter, and after a few quick interactions with the nearby shadow guard, they found that there seemed to be explosions centered around the prison area of the shadow quarter. Upon arriving, the party attempted what they could to extinguish the flames. However, the flames seemed to reignite as if sentient. And during this moment, a stream of fire shot out from the side of one of the buildings, streamed down into a large crevice in the ground, and disappeared from view. Lucius, being the foolhardy knight that he is, dove in feet first, hoping to survive and with Vice's quick thinking, was allowed to land softly through the use of the Featherfall spell. This, however, as the party eventually followed him down into the cavern, they found themselves surrounded by three massive rock-consuming worms who rather quickly detected the party's presence and they were thrown into combat. After a lengthy battle, 
and many heavy hits and near deaths. The party recouped themselves, gave each other a bit of healing, and continued following the trail through the tunnels underground, occasionally finding scorch marks on the rock that allowed them to continue, that, that, that assured them that they were on the right path. Where we rejoin our party, they have been walking, going on two hours now, following a somewhat wide tunnel bored through the ground as they walk along crushed rubble, dirt, and stone with nothing more than the light provided. Uh, by no one. I don't believe anyone produces is currently producing light. Lucius never pulled his eye patch. Anyway, we rejoin our party, walking through the tunnels. Celine kind of trailing behind, though Gurn is taking up the caboose. You all notice that Celine has been quiet these past couple hours, clutching her stomach, refusing to engage with anybody. What would you all like to do? Uh, Lucius is going to put an ear out trying to listen to what's going on uh, see if there's any dangers nearby or within within hearing range or if he hears anything besides the group okay go ahead and roll perception oh oh that's unfortunate uh Eight. With an eight, the most you can hear is the occasional footfalls of your party members. However, your own armor seems to be kind of creating a din that gently echoes off the walls ahead of you. You are unable to detect anything else. Hmm. You know, I'll, y'all, I don't hear much of anything. I'm just going to go ahead and risk a little bit of light. He's going to move his eye patch off. Allow uh, his false eye to glow ahead. Okay, folks. Anyone uh, got an idea how far ahead we need to go? I got no idea. In was mentioned that the mines came out at where near the outside the city wall so maybe there I don't know well like um hopefully that this doesn't go on much longer we've been walking for a while with like nothing well I mean there's not nothing we've been tracking whatever fire thing came down here How's, how's Celine doing back there? She's able to bear this? DM, I'm gonna, her advice is gonna look to Celine to check on her, as she's been doing periodically. Does she look any worse now than she did 
She looks tired and she's continuing to clutch her abdomen as if whatever effect the worms imparted on her seemed to be lingering and she's having difficulty keeping pace. She kind of looks up at you as you try to check in on her and she kind of nods gently and tries to give you a gentle smile, but as she does so, she winces in pain and just kind of goes back to walking half hunched over. Uh, the sooner we can get her out, the better. Moss, with your familiarity with cartography and navigating, you guys had heard that the mines for the city were to the north of the city and the mountains. However, keeping track of the gentle curves within these tunnels, you feel as though you're actually headed due east. You feel like if you had been walking north for the past couple hours, you would have reached the mines. You may suspect that this is headed a different direction. Um, not exactly sure we're actually in the mines. Let me try something. Lucius is going to remove his glove, stick his finger in his mouth, and hold it up in the air to see if he feels any uh, draft or uh, air movement. Okay, go ahead and roll perception. Okay, that'll be 15. Okay, with a 15, you wet your finger and hold it up above your head. You wait. Everybody's standing around you for a solid minute as you just stand there like a statue with your finger in the air. There is the slightest breeze. Very, very faint. Uh, much like a headwind. It is coming from the direction you are headed. And yeah. with a 15, you hold your hand above your head and you stretch it just a little bit higher and you swear there's a slight temperature difference as you reach higher in this tunnel. As if the air at the, at the roof of the tunnel is warmer. Well, I got some good news. I believe we are heading in the definitely in the right direction. We got some air movement. Could be an indication that maybe we're coming up near the surface or a much larger chamber. But uh, and where we're going is probably going to be a little bit warmer. I mean, we are tracking things as far as we know of are made of fire, so that would make sense. Can one second. Gern's going to go back, but this time he's going to press his uh, head against the ground, and he's going to focus on listening to the earth to see see what's going on. If there's anything that he can try and detect, that's there. Because last time he did it, he listened against the walls. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. 
Yeah, go ahead and roll perception. With a 19, much like the last time that you had pressed your ear against the stony wall, um, you feel a thrum within the earth. It's less hearing and more feeling. There's a pulse. And as you've continued walking, this pulse seems ever so slightly stronger. It is rhythmic. It is fluid. There's something about these caverns, something deeper that indicates to you that the earth DM is more would, alive than you may have realized. And that's what I was going to ask. Is Gurn putting two and two together that he's, he's sensing some sort of heartbeat here? I wouldn't call it a heartbeat. But it is a movement. Okay. Kern. As he's picking himself up off of the ground. Kern. Not too sure how to say, but um. Kern thinks there is. Maybe life to the earth where we go. Kern feels and hears. Boom, boom, boom. Think of the thrum. Uh, th 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 this may help your description here. Less a heartbeat and more... More the gentle crashing of waves. Not massive waves, but think like the ocean flowing in and out very gently. That, that whooshing back and forth. <clears throat> it's... Gurn is, it's more like... Yeah, yeah, that. Um, Mas, it's when you try to show me swim and it came up. Gern, when, when Gern said that, he kind of gestured his hands in like a swaying motion, trying to get you to envision the water to a degree, paired along with his, with his uh, audio description of what he, he feels and hears.
we can either turn back or keep going. I don't really think we have much of an option either way. I think we're in for a silver, in for a gold. Let's go ahead and just head on forward. All right. All right. So we're going to continue moving forward? Yep. But as we go, Moss would like to keep his eyes open to see if he can spot any more of, like, the scorch marks or whatnot. Okay. Uh, I'd like you to roll an investigation check. And with your vision, there is no disadvantage. You crazy turtle. Gern. Gern still don't know why we jump in here in the first place. Uh, 15. With a 15, you do occasionally see a scorch mark. Um, that, that indicates that you are still following the correct path. However, there's a moment as you are walking where you notice a section of rock that seems contiguous, but cut. As you look around, it's not like these caverns are made of solid stone. They're, you know, they're piles. There's an, there's an amalgamation of different of rocks and dirt and whatnot. And you're almost amazed that these caverns are managing to stay steady, but there is at one point a very large boulder, a large, you know, circle of rock. And as you're looking at it, you notice score marks across it, not from fire. If you think back to what you fought all of three hours ago, and you swear that this rock has had a massive bite taken out of it. Um, I think we're heading down the path that the worms took to get to where they were. So, I don't know, maybe there's more worms up there. Yeah, but it seems kind of convenient that big explosions, the ground opens up, and there just happens to be a chamber underneath it. I'm fairly certain that this tunnel's probably intentional. With more intelligent design than a bunch of worms. And the possibilities of that shouldn't be taken for granted. I mean, ultimately something that digs is going to dig, right? So if it digs tunnels by eating through them, it's going to look designed because it is designed by the yeah. thing eating. Yeah, I'm thinking they were led. They were guided. I mean... Maybe... Possibility... Things didn't exactly look like they could be trained. Well, Nesson, guided and trained are two separate things. You want to make someone look like they've been ambushed by a bear, you lead food around to lead the bear to where you need them to go. No, we just have Celine do it. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. You look back at Celine with that comment, and she scowls at you. Still doubled over? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, she's still clutching her abdomen, but she takes that moment to look up at you and you see disdain in her face. Sorry, not the time. She shakes her head and goes back to walking. Which actually brings up a very good point. Lucius, did you lift your eye patch? I did. Okay. So, Vice and Lucius, you are having a hard time seeing down here. While Lucius's eye patch provides enough light uh, equivalent to a torch, it is directional. Vice, if you are not looking where Lucius is looking, you cannot see. Hmm. See, that would be problematic if I didn't have a spell like Dancing Lights. But more problematic, because I still haven't cast it, even though I've been walking for hours in darkness. Yeah. If it helps... I'm not going to now. If it helps, Lucius looks at people when he's talking to them. So... Oh, he's got manners. That's good. Manners are what happens to other people besides Lucius. So I'm like, if we're following tunnels made by those, like, worm things, does that mean we're gonna, like, find more? Yeah. Possibility. That's the case, we're gonna need everybody. So, Masa will walk over to Celine, put his hand on her back, and use his remaining five points of lay on hands to cure poison. As the magic leaves your fingertips and goes into her back, you can see the little strands of magic wrapping around her abdomen and sinking into the stomach. She breathes a sigh of relief, stands up straight, kind of tries to stretch her back a little bit. And she turns to you and thanks you very softly. You're welcome. Sorry I didn't think of it earlier. It's all right. Cannot do her voice. I, I really can't. I'm sorry, Grave. I can't reach that pitch. You tried. I tried. I, I the can't effort do was it. valiant. <laughs> At this point, it would seem that you have been walking for, we're pushing four hours now of continuous walking, no branches in the path, and no indication of where this is going. Would anything like to be done? like to make a recommendation for us to sit down, take ourselves a short break, gather our wits, catch ourselves a second breath, maybe even get a, get a little bite to eat. Anyone Lucius, else? I don't, I don't mean to insult you, but it might take us a little longer than a short break for you to catch your wits. Well, that would be the first time you did not intend to. <laughs> well, a short break's better than a long one, because I would hate to be caught asleep if something did come through here. As it seems right now, we're going nowhere fast, so... 
I would see why not. Um, yeah. A short break would be, like, pretty good right now. Alright. If we're taking a short rest, you all kind of hunker down, probably leaning up against one of the walls to try to keep yourselves away from the main path. Settle in, have yourselves a couple of rations if needed. And if you have hit dice you would like to roll, please do so now. Okay. Uh, I don't think we take too many short rests. How does this work again for this? Uh... Um, so you you literally just roll your hit die. However many you want to burn, you burn Okay. It, and you roll that many. So as a fighter, cleric, paladin, whatever, uh, I think it's like a D8 ten. or D10, depending D10. on... I'd yeah, also, actually, uh, those are all D10. Holy shit. Must I'd be also nice. like to uh, use Song of Rest. How would you like to quietly. do so? She's gonna take out her file and just play it quietly. She doesn't want to be too loud, just in case like it echoes a lot. Okay. Um, the effect will not change on this, but I would like you to roll performance. Okay. What is Re Song of Rest do again? That's 25. Okay, with a 25. One moment, Seth. Mm. With a 25, you take out your vial, and you know from the quiet conversations you guys have been having in these caverns that there is a pretty decent echo within these chambers, and you don't want to make your presence known. So you take out your vial, and you use a trick that your mentor once taught you laying a soft piece of silk across the strings. And as you begin to play, while the notes are not as vibrant as you might have hoped, the tune is there, and the magic is produced. And the muffling of the instrument does not allow it to carry as far as it normally would. And you feel as though you have successfully quietly played your instrument. Uh, what effect does that grant to our party members? If you are any friendly creatures who can hear you, hear your performance, regain hit points at the end of the short rest by spending one or more hit dice, each one of those creatures regains an extra 1d6 hit points. So if you've rolled hit dice to recover hit points, roll an additional d6 and add that to the total. What if I put myself over my max? Do I just go you back to max? to max? Then you are at max. Beautiful. Question for the DM. Yes. Instead of rolling an additional hit die, can I just roll, or can I just take one because I'm only one off max? It was a joke. I'm healing for minimum <laughs> after that D6 because I stopped at 43 hit points. Understood. Uh, also, if your class features allow you to recover spell slots during a short rest, um, make sure you look into that in case you have spell slots or rages or whatever features you may recover during a short rest. I have not kept track of them because, as was mentioned, we almost never do short rests. This is the time that I wish that I was a sword clock. 
so I could have burnt my warlock spells into sorcery points and regain the warlock spells at the end of a short rest. <laughs> Would anything else like to be done during the short rest, or shall we move on? We I'm good. Traverse. Traverse forward. Gern's going to get to the front of the pack here. Okay. And he's going to try and continue forward. Um, just a little ahead, probably like 10 feet ahead. And he's going to do so in a sneaky manner so that if he does see anything, hopefully he'll be able to alert everybody else prior to making too much noise. All right. Given that Gurn is leading the pack and is walking carefully, will everyone else be following suit? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean... I would like everyone to roll a group stealth check. That is a 26 for Gurn. Carry me, Gurn. <laughs> That's a 19 for Crystal. 15 for Moss. 17 for uh, Lucius. 6 for Vice. <laughs> All told, with the occasional slip-up of Vice, as he is still trying to make sure that Celine is alright, and is a little distracted in his walking. You all continue forward down this path, doing your damnedest to muffle your footsteps, Lucius paying extra attention to his armor and trying to make sure that it does not creak or clank. Gurn, as you are leading the pack, I would like you to roll Perception or Survival. That is a dirty 20. With a dirty 20. You guys continue walking for another hour. You feel like you've gotten some good distance now, though you are walking at a slightly slower pace being careful as you are. But as you continue forward, Gurn, you feel a sh <clears throat> excuse me. You feel a shift in the earth beneath you. Very, very faint. And then you begin to hear voices. You can't understand them. But there are voices echoing through the cavern. You can tell that whoever is speaking is not trying to be careful. They're not trying to hide. But you hear several of them speaking rapidly, angrily. It sounds like somebody's arguing. Gern's going to turn back and kind of like wave his hand down just to make sure everybody be is is as quiet and careful as possible and we're still going to push forward Lucius is going to recover his eye with that light extinguished device you are blind 
I'm Lucius as well, but yeah. Is Vice at the back of the group with Celine? What's marching order here? Gurn's up front. Moss is behind him. Lucius will be behind Moss. Crystal is probably behind Lucius. Alright, so yeah. Vice would be at the back of the group with Celine. DM, can I like <laughs> hold on to Celine so she guides me? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Seeing you, eyes, Celine. You feel around in the dark and you feel as though Celine has noticed this and she takes your hand, pulls you close to her side, and guides you forward. Awesome. And we proceed. Are we continuing forward? Yes. Um, Garn's going to get another 10 feet or so ahead. So I'm going to be try to be at least 20 feet ahead of the rest of the group. Okay. As you all continue forward, the rest of you begin to pick up on these voices, echoing softly through the cavern. You begin to notice that they're, you don't know. They're, they, it sounds like they're arguing over something. You hear the occasional clatter of stone and wood, which strikes you as very odd. You begin to hear the shuffling of a great many feet not sure why it's just there's somebody down here and it's beginning to sound like a large group vice hold on i need to double check something Let's see if this is still a thing come on there you are. Nope. Never mind. So, yeah, none of you can understand what is being said. <clears throat> How far away does it sound? Well, perception. With well, a 21, you're not entirely familiar with caves and acoustics in that manner, but by your best guess, you would assume you have another few hundred feet before you get to whoever is making this racket. Are we continuing forward? Lucius is going to try to sneak forward, yes. If Gurn's still moving, Moss would still... Yeah, Gurn's okay. still moving. Yeah. As you continue to move forward, you begin to feel as though the humidity in this cavern is rising. 
and as you very slowly creep forward, you begin to see the faintest motes of light flickering off of the condensation on the stone walls. And you begin to hear the sound of flowing water just kind of interrupting the arguing voices. To read bunch the lot of you in your marching order. Give me one moment. Hmm. As you all continue forward, you begin to come up on the edge. Uh, you, you begin to see that the tunnel through which you are walking opens up ahead of you. At the opening of the tunnel, you see broken pieces of what looks to be wood. It almost looks like a ramshackle fence or wall. You're not entirely sure what this is. It, it just looks like chunks of shattered wood kind of piled on top of each other. As you venture forward and look out, Moss, especially with your vision, you notice intermittent torches kind of piked into the ground, emitting a small amount of light, and just past them, a group of small humanoids, short, stout, gray in color, their hair, their skin, everything is just kind of washed out and grayed. They're wearing these tattered looking leather clothes though you're not sure what kind of leather it is and they seem to be talking to one another you've no idea what they're saying but if there seems to be some rabble going on you see one of the creatures push at another one, and the one that was pushed falls on its ass and starts yelling at the one that did the pushing, and it almost looks like they're fighting over a piece of meat. It's at this moment you begin to hear the unmistakable sound of bone crunching. As you walk closer to the edge of the cavern mouth, you look across and you see a horrific beast of a man standing 15, 20 feet tall. I would say it has multiple heads, but a couple of the heads that are sprouting from its shoulders are only half formed, extra arms sprouting from the backs. It goes, the creature goes to take a step on what appears to be a pile of skeletons. And as its foot rises, you see that it's actually two feet blended at the middle with 20-odd toes sticking out in various directions. The creature is hideous and appears to be rifling through these skeletons looking for whatever meat it can find among them. 
would you like to do? Hmm. Here. We're kind of line of sight from everything at this moment, right? What? To a degree. Like, nothing can really see us because of rock walls and... Due to the angling of the stones and the cavern that you're in, um, no, nothing... You are not within line of sight of any of these creatures at the moment. Um, also, <clears throat> also, none of them seem to have taken notice that you're even here. Your group stealth check was so successful that they have not detected your presence. Lucius is going to tap Moss's shoulder, I mean, shell, to let him know that he's right behind him and following his lead. Gurn is hesitant in the front here. Um, he's going to turn to Moss and just hold the finger up like this. And he's going to mouth and very as quietly as he can. Wait for Gurn to scream. Moss will just nod his head. Gurn's going to take the hood off of his clothing and he's going to take one of his water skins out and thoroughly soak the hood. And Gurn is going to try and be as stealthy as possible in getting over to this first torch and snuffing it out with his hood. Please roll a stealth check. I rolled a 16 plus 7 for 23. Okay. So you sneak over here as quietly as you can, avoiding disturbing any of the wood from the ramshackled wall. You approach the torch and take your soaked hood and quickly snuff it out. And the area around you is dark. Garn is going to continue. And he's going to check and, and make sure he can't see or be seen his way around the edge up to this <laughs> rock here. He's going to be pressing like his back against the rock and just trying to peer out to see if he sees anyone looking or any of these creatures looking in his direction. At the moment, the creatures in the distance that appear to be fighting over something and arguing, they are not looking in your direction at all. The towering 
horror ahead of you on the other side of this underground river appears to be thoroughly engrossed in the pile of bones upon which it is standing. It has its back turned to you and has not noticed your presence. Gern's getting low and he's going to get over to this next torch and try and snuff it out with his hood. Okay. So you get over to that one and it too is extinguished. Never mind the token I deleted. It was an idea I've decided against. Gurn's going to get down on all fours and be as low as possible here, keeping a line of sight broken. And he's going to make his way across and over to here without disturbing any of the wood. He hasn't gone through it yet. Okay. So far, they have not taken notice. Um, I would like to uh, ready myself, ready to cast a spell in case if the giant human-looking thingamajig looks in his direction. I would like to be ready to cast a spell. Uh, and what spell would you like to prepare? I would like to cast a thaumaturgy at, uh, at the maximum range for me as I can of the sound of a mouse or a rat or something. Okay. If that's only if it, if it seems to take notice of the movement or something. Alright. Gurn? What are we doing? Gurn's going to try to very carefully get over the wood here. Okay, please roll stealth. Oh, I fucking rolled a 17 for a 24. Okay. Sneaky. You managed to step between the broken sections of wood, crawling very slowly and very carefully without making noise. You approach this torch and snuff it. And then going back the same way that he stepped through, Gurn's going to make his way back over to where the party is. Okay. The group of creatures on the other side of the river appear to still be arguing over who gets what. Gurn to Moss. We have spot to decide that's safe. They don't see. And then Gurn's going to point for Moss to to relay information back. So Moss will turn back to Lucius. 
and kind of mouth to him, whispering very quietly, like, uh, gave us a place we could not be seen. Lucius will nod. Crystal. Gern's cleared a path for us. We're gonna we're gonna go follow him through it, try to sneak past these things. Grab my bit of armor. Okay. She's gonna turn to uh Vice and Celine. Whispering quietly. I'm like, Gern's cleared away? We're going to follow to help not get seen. Lucius is going to put a hand on uh, Moss's uh, shell, by the way. Well, the great part about us not being seen is uh, I can let you know when we're seen because I can't fucking see until they can see. Hopefully. Like, shit's dark. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I bet it's dark. It's fine. Definitely not a bright outcome. If I die in this cave, don't let me be resurrected. I want to do not resurrect. After that fucking joke. Alright, so what are we doing? Well, Gern started making his way back forward, waiting for others to come as well. <clears throat> Gern's gonna try and... Making his way up. Show show Moss the uh, same path that he stepped over the wood at to try and make sure we are all quiet, and for him to show them in succession. Yeah. And with Moss moves, Lucius will move too with his hand still touching his shell. Okay. Crystal will follow after. And you should all move your tokens in unison. I can't see the others. So you don't have light. Move a bit forward. Right there? Just keep going a bit forward, more forward. And the moss is right there. Right. Okay. As you all move forward, I need another group stealth check. Crystal got 18. Gurn, what was that? 17 from Gurn. Five. You're getting horrible rolls. Mm hmm. You should Moss. fix that. 
Moss. Ten. Ah, there it is. All right. Selene got a 14. So, on average... You guys all creep forward. And for the moment, you remain undetected. Follow Gurn's path. Hmm. DM, if you move Selene's token, I'll keep Vice adjacent. Alright. You all to continue to creep forward. Those of you with dark vision can see ahead of you. There are more sections of this ramshackled wall kind of just thrown together between the standing boulders in this room. Most of these boulders are very tall. As you attempt to look up, you realize that you are standing within a large cavern. Unlike the tunnel from which you guys were just walking, which seemed to be chewed. This almost looks as though it is a naturally occurring cavern, possibly carved by the water that is flowing ahead of you. There is a small, small-ish river ahead of you, kind of flowing in from one side of the cavern, crashing onto the ground where you stand moving across and then falling beneath the stones in the adjacent wall. Vice and Lucius, you are having a hard time seeing around you, but in the torchlight ahead, you can see a small group of small gray creatures seemingly having lunch and arguing over it. And then two massive green abominations each standing in a corner crunching down on bones DM how tall is this boulder that boulder stands at about 15 to 20 feet high Does it seem climbable? This rock is actually smooth. It seems to have been smoothed by the waters that must occasionally flow through here in higher volumes than just this stream. As you uh, actually, as you examine this rock and look at the adjacent rocks and walls, you feel like this this particular cavern, this chamber must periodically get flooded which has caused much of the stone to be smoothed out hmm. decisions decisions 
Gurn's gonna make his way back over. And as quietly as possible. So, there's two big and some small. Kern thinks we go for the small and the big two there. And Kern's going to point to the group to the right. Do you think we can take him? Or do you think we should continue to sneak? Burn thinks we get them in surprise. Well, like, if we didn't get them, is there even a way around them? No. Shadow Guard and have them take care of it. Yeah, but that's just another five hours of walking. Who knows what happens in that time? Is there any sign that these worms have come through this chamber? Like big paths or anything like that? Uh, you look at the stones around you and there don't seem to be any markings here that would match what you've saw in the uh, tunnels. This cavern appears to be naturally occurring, carved by water. So, what I'm thinking is I can make the earth shake a little bit. Maybe that'll make them think they're under attack and that can use as a distraction for us either to sneak past or to get the jump on them. Um, could it well alert them? Only if they suspect we're here to begin with. They might just think it's the worms. Probably shouldn't allow them to ready themselves. Mm. You guys begin to hear the shuffling of feet. You glance over in the distance and find that the, the group of small people have begun to walk across the cavern, though two of them seem to have disappeared from view. You look over at the tall, imposing creature to your east, and it appears to be laying down on top of the pile of bones. Looks like we caught them just at nap time. Um, let Gurn do more fire. Gurn's going to start moving forward to go snuff out some more fire. All right, please roll another stealth check. Uh, 
21. Okay. All right. You managed to sneak forward, and you don't seem to have raised any alarms. Gonna snuff this one out here. Gren's gonna be as careful as possible moving around or over this barricade here. As you move around that barricade, all of you hear words being called out. There seems to be a bit of a discourse happening. Moss. Moss and Selene would probably be the only ones that would actually be able to see this given your ranges. But one of the creatures walks out from behind one of the rocks and appears to be zipping up its pants. Walks around this torch and stands at the edge of the river. And it appears to be examining the fact that many of the torches are now out. You hear it calling back to its compatriots. You don't sense from the tone of voice that there's an alarm here. More of a... annoyance. Creature begins walking. Gurn's gonna make his way back around the boulder. Okay. And he's just going to press up against it right here. You can hear light footsteps walking across wood as it suddenly gets fat. Um, as it crosses the ramshackle bridge across the river and begins walking. It first notices... So it, not it noticed the torches were out and first comes down to this one here and attempts and is attempting to reignite it. Gurn is sneaking. Best as possible, gonna try and come up behind it and cover his mouth and also start choking him at the same time. Seal Team Gurn. Okay, uh, that will be a grapple check. Do I strength proficiency? Uh, it's athletics, yeah. Uh, 23. All right. Roll the 17. You manage to wrap your massive arms around its head and neck. You have it fully grappled and you are preventing it from breathing. As it attempts to cry out, your thick, muscular arms prevent any noise from escaping. Well, some noise escapes, but it's drowned out by the din of the river. Is there any way Gurn could just break its neck? Sure, roll me a quick athletics check. That is a 25. With a loud snap, you wrench your arms and feel 
its neck, its vertebrae separate from each other, and its body goes limp in your arms. Gern's going to pick it up and bring it over to the group and very gently set it down. Okay. Just so that we can inspect what the fuck this thing is. Alright. As you look down at this creature, as I had mentioned, its skin, its hair, is just washed out gray. It almost looks like a dwarf, though it appears... While still stocky, its face is gaunt. It almost looks malnourished. Its hair and beard are scraggly and and, and, and unkempt. You look into its now dying, dead eyes, and they're washed out, milky white. Whatever this creature is, maybe at one point in its ancestry it was a dwarf? but it is far flung from that now. Hmm. So, Kern thinks the others might come and we could throw the bodies to the big things for the food. And we can get out of here and not fight them. You know, Gurn, at first I thought you were proposing we take a motherfucker and hit him with another motherfucker. But I like your plan of feeding motherfuckers to bigger motherfuckers. <laughs> we just wait. They must want torches. Which tells me they're about as blind as I am. Kern's gonna make his way back over to this boulder and peer out to see if any of the others have started to make their way this way. Or if he can see any of them. From your current vantage point. Uh, Hey, from your current vantage point, you cannot see any of the others. the side of the boulder. As you venture around, you suddenly hear a loud snort and the crunching of thousands of bones. You quickly turn your head at the massive creature to your east and notice that it has fallen asleep and is tossing, trying to get comfortable. Gurn's going to step up to the edge of the bridge and see what kind of structure this thing is. The bridge itself seems to be kind of thrown together. You notice that it rests at either edge, at either bank of the river. It just kind of sits there. It doesn't appear to be mounted to anything. And it almost looks like the individual planks have been secured with some kind of rope. 
there are no nails involved in this. It looks like this bridge is very temporary. As though it was only very recently installed. Does it look sturdy? It seems relatively sturdy, yeah. I mean, the wood that it's made of, the, the planks themselves are fairly thick. Though it is not well built, uh, you know, there's certainly no straight lines here, but it seems strong enough. Kern's going to attempt his way across. And so as soon as he gets across, he's going to get into this boulder here. Okay. As, as you make your way across, you can just faintly hear the unfamiliar chattering of the other creatures in the distance. Until you hear one of them call out a word. Don't understand what it is. They say it very loudly. It echoes across the chamber. A few seconds later, they do it again. Same word. It echoes again. And you begin to hear their chattering getting more lively. You feel like they're growing concerned. Is there a passable gap right here for me to be able to get next to the torch to snuff it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you were to carefully walk between the two. Snuff that torch there. Get back over to the boulder. Okay. As you make this venture, I need you to roll another stealth check. Fear of Shatten. Please come in handy. Ah, oh, 16 for a 23. Okay. You feel as though your presence has continued to be undetected. However, upon your return from snuffing that last torch, you begin to hear the shuffling of feet and that same word being called out once again, over and over every few seconds. You hear the rapid movement of feet in the direction of the bridge. Gurn's going to press himself against the boulder and get real low. You hear the feet, and you watch as this creature walks directly past you and stops after passing the bridge and is looking around. Gurn's going to sneak his way back up and try and get this guy in the same spot he got the last one. Throat and mouth. Could you not yeet your dice across the room? <laughs> well, that is a uh, 26 on athletics right there. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's a natural two on my end. So you successfully grapple this one. And as you wrap your arms around it, you caress a boob and realize that this one is female. Karen's going to try to snap her neck. <laughs> roll, that, roll that athletics. <laughs> 17. 
As you go to try to snap this one's neck in the same fashion you had done the previous one, she seems to be fighting back a little bit harder against your movements, and you're having a hard time maintaining your grip. You've got her in the grapple, and you've got her nearly silenced, but she's moving a little bit too much for you to be able to pull that swift movement to break her neck. Gurn is going to... I assume they're smaller than me. They're about half your size. So grappled. Gurn's just going to... Like her feet are off the ground. Yeah. Walker grappled back over to the group. Okay. As she hangs here in Gurn's arms, his forearm thoroughly covering her mouth pressing into her jaw. She's grabbing at the side of his arm and trying to claw at it. Gurn, you feel her sharp nails digging into your skin as she tries to free herself, but you, you are relentless and will not let her go. And she hangs here, her little legs swinging back and forth, kicking you in the abdomen. You're lucky she's not hitting you in the nuts right now. But every time she swings, she misses just by an inch. <laughs> the rest of you look at this creature. And those of you that can see, see true fear in her eyes. Apparently he can. Uh, Moss would like to pull out one of Shatten's daggers and slit her throat. All right. Uh, with Gurn's assistance, there's no role here. Gurn... You hold this woman as still as you can, shifting your arms slightly to expose her neck as Moss pulls out a dagger and very slowly, very carefully puts it between your arms and into this creature's neck and drags it sideways. And you feel the warm liquid of her life essence pour out and across your arms. Her body goes limp in your grasp. Gurn is going to keep holding her and gesture to Moss to pick up the other body. And we need to go cross now. Moss will pick up the other body. Try and get everybody to follow Gurn. Still touching the shell, he's going to follow behind. Now Lucius will follow behind Moss. Moss and Gurn, as you carry these creatures, you can't help but notice a very distinct smell of earth and rot. And Gurn's just going to set the body right here and gesture to Moss to do the same. Moss will do that. And then Gurn's going to get around and snuff this torch right here. 
and make his way to this boulder. And pressing against it as, as close as he can. Is he just going to try and get a side eye view to see what he can see on the side of the boulder across? As you peer across the boulder, you can see in the dim torchlight ahead of you, the remaining three creatures seem to all be looking at each other, kind of just talking back and forth. They don't seem all too bothered by the silence within the room. As you stand here, you can all hear the very heavy, labored breathing of the sleeping creature to yourself. Occasionally it shifts in its sleep and you can hear the crackling of bones as they roll beneath its body. Oh boy. The tunnel we came in. Yes. Is that big enough for those creatures to get down? Glancing at the creature that is sleeping near you, and thinking about the tunnel through which you guys walked. The tunnel you guys had walked through was technically big enough for these creatures, but you feel as though they would have a very hard time doing so. Like they would have to military crawl to get through those tunnels. Okay. Or at the very least, like in some sections, those tunnels seem to get a little wider. In those sections, you know, at least one of the creature's head would be scraping across the ceiling. All right. Moss is going to quietly move to here and peek around. Okay. And see that there's another tunnel on the other side. Get back there. Whisper as quietly as he can. If we can get to that other tunnel, I don't think the big guys can follow us. At least not easily. Is there loose rocks? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a handful of them here and there. Most of what you appear to be standing on is uh, kind of a hard-packed dirt. Okay. Gren's going to grab a, a decent-sized rock and uh... go when you hear this hit. And Gern's going to start to make his way around this way. Sneaky. Is there a slight break where I can chance getting through there? Yeah, but I need you to roll a stealth check to do so. That is a 15. Eight and a seven. Close. But as you walk through... The creatures to your north do not seem to turn their heads towards you.
Baron's just going to see. Is there any? Are they? Are they looking in this direction? Can he? No, notice? they. They are. They all appear to be that little point that's in between all three of them. That's where they're all looking. They appear to be having a conversation amongst each other. Gurn's going to get to here and then throw that small pebble and hit this rock or not the small pebble but the rock and hit this rock from here okay um, that's not an unreasonable distance for you so you launch this rock and it smacks against the boulder behind which your party is hiding you all hear the chatter of the three creatures stop. They turn to look towards that rock. And at this moment, Gurn's going to go into a full sprint and come around the corner and smash the first one in the head with stick. Okay. Uh, best way to do this would be to roll initiative. And you have the surprise round. All right. Yeah, looks like you're up first. Uh, go ahead and roll the attack with stick. 22 hit. 22 is a hit. for 12 damage. Okay. And I'm going to step to here and hit the one just next to him. For a 17 to hit. That is a hit. Seven. For nine points of damage. All right. So you rush in and slam stick into the side of the head of one of these creatures and carry it over and slam it into the second creature. Anything else for your turn? And that'll do. Okay. These creatures appear to be thoroughly stunned and don't entirely know how to react in this moment. The surprise round is, out, is over and it is your turn once again. While this is happening, what is the rest of the party doing? They were instructed to come once they heard the sound of the stone hit. So that, that yeah. was the purpose of throwing it. Okay. If that is the case, then I will have everyone roll initiative. As Gurn took the surprise round, and now everyone is involved. Uh, 
Lucius and Crystal, who has the high <clears throat> higher decks? I'm a 14. 14. Crystal, you had a 14 as well? Yep. <sighs> All right. My coin In fairness, said I no. am wearing armor, so I'll probably be less of a movement than she is. All right. If you're going to contend that, I will put Crystal at 20. All right. Surprise round is over. Taking us to the top of the turn order with Moss. Field out in front of them. Take the dash action. And basically attempt to throw a fucker's face. Just splitting into the side. Together. So you're going to... Sorry, you're, you're, you're breaking up there. You're going to put your shield out in front of you, and you're going to take the dash action and bum rush these people. Yep, basically. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 to here and big well, there to here and basically just try and with my shield run straight through the middle of them. Okay, uh, roll a strength check, or athletics. Okay. <laughs> 27. All right, are you doing this with the intention to damage or shove? Uh, basically shove them out, out of the way so there's a path through them. Okay. Um, so as you do so, you slam into them. This one gets shoved here. This one gets shoved here. This one gets knocked into the wall behind him. And you have broken the trio. How far do you plan on moving through this? Five. Uh... 50, 50 feet to here. Okay. As you stunned those creatures as you ran through, they will not use their reactions. Anything else for your turn? Uh, nope. That'll do it for my... Alright, taking us to Crystal. Crystal is going to move over to right here and she's going to just use uh, Eldritch Blast on this one. Okay. Go ahead and roll to attack. Twenty-five. Twenty-five hits. Go ahead and uh, you have to roll from both beams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget about that. Ten. Uh, the ten does not hit. Okay. Uh, 
seven points of force damage. Okay. So you fire your beam of greenish energy forward, two of them. One of them misses, slamming into the stone wall, sending rubble crashing down. The other one smacks into the creature with a dull thud. You watch as the energy kind of crackles across his chest. Anything else for your turn? That will be it. All right, taking us to Lucius. Um, Lucius is going to... Um, let me see if I can see where I'm supposed to go here. Hold on here. I'm trying to count to my movement. One, two, three, five, six. That is five is thirty. Two, three, okay. This should be sixty feet. I'm gonna movement mo- do move and action dash. Is there a way I can close line as I close line this guy as I'm passing him? Uh go ahead and roll to attack. Plus my strength, since I'm not really using my weapons. Twelve. So as you rush forward and you attempt to hold your arm out to clothesline this creature, you're not sure if it's his stature or the fact that he's been staggered by Crystal's attack, but your arm goes right over his head. Okay. And if I have a bonus action spell I can hit him with. Nope. Nope, that, that should end my turn. All right. Gurn, it is back to you. Oh, the... Did either of the ones that got shoved fall, or are they still standing? They are still standing, but they are staggered. Oh. Well, first one here, uh, Gurn is going to... Staggered, huh? Gurn's going to swing his first attack in an attempt to sweep his sweep its legs out from underneath it so that it's prone. And then uh, Gurn's going to use its his second attack to try and crush its skull. Which one are you targeting? Okay. Go ahead and roll the attack on the first strike. That is a 26. All right. Go ahead and roll damage. As you swing, stick incredibly low. 13 damage. Crushing its ankles, this creature falls on its back, looking up at you. Go ahead and roll the attack with the second strike. 12 plus 9, 21. At advantage because it is prone. 
Just in case you crit. Uh, that's a 26 instead. Well, either one hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, that is 15. You only needed 14. So as you swing stick downward, breaking both of its ankles, this creature almost spins in the air, landing on its back. And this female, you think, creature looks up at you and you almost think there's a pleading in its eyes and you drop stick on its face and bury it into the skull. The body twitches a couple of times and you wrench your weapon out of its face and there is just a cavern of a skull left behind. That'll end Garen's turn. All right. All right, the creature that is currently between Moss and Gurn looks between the both of you. Looks between Gurn's legs, seeing its fallen friend, and lets out a loud screech and summons dagger in each hand, reminiscent of Shadow of Shatten's weaponry. These ethereal weapons manifest in its hands and it's going to attempt to make strikes at you, Gurn. A 12 to hit. And an 18. Sorry. 23. The 23 will hit. Okay. Dealing... Six points of piercing damage and ten points of psychic damage. All right. And that will end its turn, taking us to Vice. Vice cannot see what's going on. Sure he, he can. doesn't know. He doesn't know what his party mates went. Uh, it might be hard for you because of the camera, but there is torchlight here. So the torchlight is emanating from here. Yes. So he would have seen... And right behind you. The torchlight here that got extinguished? No, that one's still alive. That one's still Yeah, that alive. one didn't get taken out. He didn't touch the one by the bridge. I've I been just... deleting torches as he puts them out. That was not one that he did, that he extinguished. Based on I, I mouse the camera over, based on the amount of light that's being provided by those torches, Vice wouldn't have seen anyone run. Okay. So what so would Vice, Vice like to do? Vice is holding turn and is going to move with Celine. Okay. And then, if he can still see, or if he can see at that point he'll be able to engage, but right now he doesn't know where anyone is. Okay. Taking us to the old, to what appears to be a much older one of these creatures, having had his head slammed into the stone, his chest crushed with an eldritch blast, and the whoosh of a metal arm swinging over his head. 
he appears to still be gaining his bearings and just kind of staggers and stands up, taking us to Celine. Celine, noticing your hesitancy, Vice, grabs your hand and starts pulling you to this side of the stones. Actually, she takes from her back a short bow and an arrow, knocks the arrow, and tries to fire it towards the small, older, stunned creature. Wow. With a 24 to hit. Dealing five points of piercing damage. So you watch as this arrow flies into the dim torchlight and slams into the shoulder of the creature. And as she puts the bow to her side, she reaches over and grabs your hand once again. Taking us to Moss at the top of the turn order. Okay. Moss will just attack the guy in front of him twice. Go ahead and roll to attack. Uh, the first one is five. Sorry, the first one's a five. Twenty. Twenty-five. There we go. I don't know what your internet's doing, dude. Uh, twenty-five hits for damn sure. You're an advantage because you're flanking. Oh yeah. We'll take the twenty-five and not the natural one. Yep, that's fair. Uh, so that's that'll good to be get that all out. Yeah. Points of slashing damage. Sorry, how many points? Fifteen. Fifteen. Excellent hit. Mm. Bite him again. And your second strike. Uh, 22 to hit. Definitely hits. Teen more. Sorry, how much? 13 more. 13 more. This creature... I mean, wince doesn't quite describe it. Recoils at your bites, taking large chunks of flesh out of its body. It remains standing and looks up at you with pleading eyes. Anything else for your turn? That'll do it. At initiative 20, before we get to your turn, Crystal. You all hear the crunching and rolling of a great many bones behind you. Those of you that have the vision 
turn to see the massive abomination beginning to wake up from the noise within this cavern. It looks around, not quite seeing all of you due to the boulders in its wake. But those of you that can see, notice that it doesn't stand. It just kind of shifts and crawls and begins munching on the offering, taking an entire creature, its whole body in one hand, brings it to one of its mouths and breaks it in half. And you all hear the crunching of bone and viscera. Crystal, it is now your turn. Crystal is going to hmm. She's gonna hold her position and just cast Eldritch Blast on this one again. Okay, go ahead and do your rolls. Yep. Eleven and ten. Both beams fire out wildly, slamming into the stone walls next to the creature. Nice. You begin to wonder if you truly have a grasp of this spell. Anything else for your turn? That will be it for my turn. All right, Lucius, you are up. Okay. Um, the poor little bastard in front of me, I'm going to go ahead and attack. Okay. With my one with one swing after the next, so my first one is twenty-one to hit. Twenty-one is a hit, and it's going to be uh, <clears throat> eleven slashing. Okay, and the second swing. Is a dirty 20. Dirty 20 hits. And that one is going to be uh, 13 slashing. All right. So you swing your axes down into this creature. You bring one down on its left shoulder. Leave it there. And take your other hand and come down on its right shoulder. And in a near perfect triangle meeting at a point, you decapitate this creature. Anything else for your turn? Yeah, it's uh, you know, kick before the body falls, he's going to kick it away out of the uh, path and just start. Uh... Come on, hurry up. We all don't have much time. I think the big thing noticed us. Trying to gesture towards uh, where Vice and uh, Selene are. Yep. Is that it for your turn? He's going to move forward to pretty much cover their cover them as they go through. Okay. Taking us to Gurn. Gurn is 
going to set stick uh, head down and pull both of his vicious hand axes from his side and fucking chop this thing in the throat with it. See if he can chop its head off. Okay. Go ahead and roll the attack. Uh, the first is a 19. There is nothing you can roll that won't kill this creature. How would you like to kill this creature? Gurn, having just smushed the the face of its friend and then getting stabbed in the back of his leg, is going to let go of the pommel of stick and pull both of his axes from his sides and turn, stare at the eyes of this creature and just come down in a in an X slashing pattern and hitting both sides of its neck at the same time, relieving its shoulders of the weight of its head. Moss, as you look down at this creature with its pleading eyes looking up at you, in the shadow behind it, you see Gurn's dark figure raise its arms, swing his axes down and across. You watch the life of this creature leave its eyes as its head topples away from its body. The body crumples in front of you, pouring dark red blood into the ground. You all look to yourself. The massive creature that was once sleeping is still continuing to eat the creatures you had killed and offered to it and is paying you no mind. Vice Selene grabs your hand, pulls you forward, and you all quickly and quietly rush to the next tunnel. And that is where we are going to take our break. That was fucking poetic, Viking. It really was. (laughs) Relieving its shoulders of the weight of its head. Before we go to break, Viking and John, you may both take an inspiration die. Oh! For your plays within this room and your creativity in handling this situation. You may each take an inspiration die. Hell yeah. Now, here's a real question. How do we do inspiration with Matt Alamirs? Well earned. Is it it like the lucky feat where you get to roll an additional d20 after seeing the result, or after seeing the die rolls, but not knowing the result? Yes. Or is it a DM? A DM inspiration is an additional D twenty that you can choose to roll at any time to replace a roll you are not satisfied with, so long as I have not made the success or fail call. You know, you know what that means, boys. You can game disadvantage by rolling a third D twenty and choosing which one to use. So, for our fiftieth episode of Fate Split, our first ever 
DM inspiration dies have been issued. Uh, we will be back in a few minutes as we deal with what needs to be dealt with. We'll see you in a few. Yeah, I'll see you guys after I get done punting children. <laughs> <laughs> My ribs hurt. Don't make me laugh. I just came back to the troll. Like, being massive on the screen. Oh, yeah. Zeph and Viking really wanted to know what you may have ended up against. Not good. We're, we're live again. Oh. Welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. So, so you guys are doing good, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Are, are, are we okay? Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain we just executed an innocent family, but yeah, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> so well, we could talk question. to him anyways. Since it's daylight savings, are we going for another hour and a half or another two and a half hours? Yeah, we were just talking about that. We stick to the standard runtime, four hours. All right, so at 2 a.m. So the I, second I, time around. Yes, yeah, at, at 2 a.m. 2.01. 201? Then we could end. Yeah, yeah, if it ever hits 201, then we'll end. We've got one back in time. Oh, I have to figure out how to reset my watch. Carefully. That sucks. Is it a smart watch? No. Well, I'm certain you'll... you. All right, are we so ready to jump back into this, folks? Yep. I'm seated. And so we return to Fate Split. As a lot of you quickly yet quietly rush into the next corridor so as not to invoke the wrath of the massive abominations left behind in the water-driven cavern. What would you all like to do? Well, I'm pretty certain going back is now completely out of the option, so we might as well just move forward, folks. And he's going to take his patch off and walk and start walking forward quietly as he can. As you all look around you at the corridor ahead of you, it appears just like the corridor you had been in before. It appears that this is another tunnel dug by those worms. The rocks appear to have been bitten and chewed upon. And with some of you having extensive dark vision and some of you providing a small amount of light, you find that this cavern, much like previously, goes on for an incredible distance. You don't know how long of a walk you may have ahead of you. Gern's going to get everybody to stop with his grunt. And uh, he's going to again press his head against the ground to see if he continues to get the same 
Uh, go ahead and roll perception. Twelve plus four for sixteen. Sixteen. It takes you a little bit longer as you can feel and hear your heart pumping in your ears. The adrenaline from that combat not yet thoroughly passed you. But you do once again feel that thrum. It doesn't seem to have changed from before. Not closer. Doesn't seem louder. No. It's about the same. About the same. Right. Uh, DM. Yes. I believe it's pronounced thrim, not thrum. I don't think we want Gurn feeling thrim. <laughs> Plus, he's not his type. True. Um, Moss would like to look around to see if he can find those scorch marks again to see if we're still trailing the fire things that came okay roll perception or investigation uh 18 18 with an 18 it takes you a bit of walking as you guys continue forward for another I don't know however long it say about half an hour into your walk you do once again find another scorch mark along the wall and it seems as though the stream of fire did indeed come through this way <clears throat> well apparently the fire kept going through here so we're heading the right way I guess we're hot on the trail, huh? There, uh, just show of hands. Is everybody okay with taking him back and sacrificing him to whatever was back there? I feel like gets us out of here faster. I regret nothing. Well, I guess we just keep walking. You know, he is the one that jumped down the hole. Okay, I do regret that. Moss is getting a little tired of walking. Does it look like Kata would fit in this tunnel? Yeah. Alright, so while we're walking over the next ten minutes, Moss would summon Kata. Alright. So... I mean, as we know, it takes about ten minutes to cast the spell to summon her forward. As you do, she kind of manifests out of the dirt next to you. Looks around, kind of sniffs the air, walks up to you and kind of nuzzles into your thigh. You hear in your head, Moss, 
Where are we? Oh, we're in some type of tunnel system under Hallow's Fi. Strange. Trying to find some type of fire that creature that came through here. Well, I am here to assist as you need. I've been walking for hours, so I was wondering if I could... Whatever you need, Moss. And she kind of lowers herself to the ground and waits for you to climb onto her back. Moss will get on her back and go on ahead. Besides, like, just the random scorch marks, everything just seems the same. There's nothing seemingly out of place. There doesn't appear to be anything out of place. There are a few moments as you're walking where you do find that some of the rubble has settled or collapsed. And you feel as though this particular section of tunnel might be a bit older as it's been given the opportunity to settle. Um, Every once in a while as you're walking, say every... It, it, it takes a while. You're not even sure what distance or even how much time is passing between them, but you do occasionally find sections within the, the tunnel wall that have kind of fallen away and make little pockets, outcroppings where you guys may stop and, you know, have a ration or something where you're not actually in the tunnel. Would anything like to be done during this time, or are we walking in silence? It sounds like the players are even playing in silence. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Do we hear anything? If you'd like to actively try, roll perception. Oh, crit, boy. For a total of? Uh, uh, 24. With a 24. As you continue walking down the path, most of what you hear is your own footsteps crunching the loose stone beneath you. But every once in a while... Your attunement with the rock affords you a moment of feeling with that thrum within the earth. And there are a couple of these instances where you feel as though the thrum pulses just a little bit stronger. Lucius would like to look to see if there's any sign of, the, of those creatures. Footprints, or maybe some of the broken pieces of wood. Because they had to have come from somewhere. At least okay. to him. Roll investigation or perception. 
Uh, that'll be a 14 on my perception. The 14. You're having a hard time finding anything that would indicate those creatures' presence. The settled nature of these tunnels seems to have masked any tracks or remnants any evidence of how they arrived there. Crystal, Vice, anything? Vice is just taking up the back in the dark. Crystal's just looking around, not really saying much. You don't say. Well, she's not. Exactly. No, no, it's. <laughs> how, how long do you think we've been down here? It is a few. Maybe if we like find a spot we deem like safe enough, we should probably take like a long rest. Yeah. I can do with a little bit of a snack and a nap. That sounds about right. It has. Yeah, I've been down here for a while. And since I got you all into this mess, I'll even take the first watch. Um, we should <clears throat> find a decent spot to try and Well, just a straight tunnel. I don't think there's going to be any outcloves that we can use. Moss, mm -hmm. as the party continues moving forward, you keep an eye out for the small breaks in the tunnel that you had noticed as you were walking that I had mentioned before, Zev. <laughs> yeah, he was walking in the dark, you wouldn't have seen them. You lifted your eye patch. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. You guys walk for another 20 to 30 minutes until you find a break in the wall. A cave within a cave. <clears throat> that appears to be large enough for the group of you to just to kind of settle down. It will be a tight fit, but at the very least, you would be outside of the tunnel. And there appears to be, it kind of hooks like an L, like the, the rock broke very conveniently in a way that would allow you to be out of sight from the tunnel. You feel that it would be a good position to lie down for a bit. This this looks like a good a place as any. Yeah. Don't think we really have the room to uh, set up a tent, so. Probably best not to start a fire either. Probably. Yeah, like, probably just like this would 
beat best. As you all settle in, roll out your bed rolls, take off your packs, and kind of try to do what you can to make this a suitable place to rest. As you've stopped moving and your metabolisms drop, you begin to realize that the air within these caverns is not as cool as you may have expected. There is a warmth being carried in the air through here. What would like to be done during this long rest? Well, uh, Lucius would like to take the first watch. And during if who <clears throat> who all is going to be taking watch after me? I can do it. Just wake me up. We'll do. Yeah. Remind well, me. Get... Next time you decide to jump into a random hole, I don't follow you down. Yeah, like, next time, maybe we'll just leave you. That might be for the best. <clears throat> yeah... Yeah, but it's kind of our fault that he's in this time. I... He, like, followed us. <clears throat> Seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, Gurn, kind of get used to him. We can look out for each other, like Gurn's dream. <clears throat> well, speaking of dreams, I feel like I should probably have one. So Moss will go into his shell and go to sleep. <laughs> As you do, Kata, kind of comes over to you and tries to wedge herself between you and the wall and wraps her serpentine body around you. And also go to sleep. Okay. And I'm going to make a fat assumption here that everybody else is also going to roll out their bedrolls, lie down, and go to bed. Yeah. 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 Given the chance. They're buoyant. No, no, just filling in the, you know, roleplay moments for you. Um, <laughs> Celine takes a post next to Vice, assumes her meditative stance, but always stays within a few inches of him. During the time in these tunnels, she seems to have a deep understanding that he cannot see, and she needs to remain his guide and protector in these moments. Lucius, as you take a point at the corner of this L-shaped cavern, please roll perception for your watch. Okay. That'll be a 23. With a 23. As is habit for you, 
every once in a while, you walk out to the end of this cavern where it meets the tunnel. You wet your finger and you hold it in the air, hoping to feel some kind of wind. And as you do, you do feel a very gentle, warm breeze that seems to carry closer to the roof of the tunnel, heading in the direction from which you came, coming from the direction you're headed to. It's a bit stronger, and it is a bit warmer than the last time you had felt it. You hear no noises. You don't sense that there is a presence anywhere around you. During your watch, there is a moment where you return to the party and find them all sleeping somewhat peacefully. You see Celine kind of leaning against the wall of the cavern. That raven pendant that she constantly wears appears to be glowing and pulsing gently in a faint green light. She appears to be deep in her meditation, though you're not sure why the pendant is glowing. Is there anything you'd like to do during your watch? He's going to approach Celine, nudge her shoulder a bit to try to get her attention. Celine, you all right there? She does not stir from her trance. She seems to be breathing fine. She seems healthy enough. But whatever is going on in her trance has her fully enraptured. Hmm. I'll have to let Moss know when I wake him up. In the meantime, got to make certain that nothing sneaks up on us going to head to the mouth of the of that little cavern again and keep watch till it's time. And he's going to also look again for tracks. Anything else that might have passed through here besides the, um, ourselves. Alright, roll another investigation check. <clears throat> Six. As you lift your eye patch, utilizing the light from your eye, you look around in the loose rubble that makes up the cavern floor and the tunnel. And you're having a lot of difficulty finding any evidence of their passage through here. Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess we're the only ones dumb enough to be this deep. He's going to give a test whistle to see what kind of uh, echo he can get inside in, in the darkness. Do you blast it out or do you do it gently? He builds up. Okay. The cavern is large enough and long enough that at the quieter notes, the whistle doesn't seem to carry. But as you reach a higher volume, you do begin to get some feedback. There is an echo within this cavern, though it takes a while to return. 
and you assume that this tunnel is, for the most part, a straight shot. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Then, other than that, he just remains diligent, and when it comes time, he's going to wake up Moss. After a couple hours' time, you begin to feel fatigue setting in. You feel that it is approximately time to awaken Moss. And over to Moss. <clears throat> Nudge the shell a bit. Hey, Moss, I think it's time to wake up. <clears throat> yep. Been quiet as all get out down out there. I do recommend that keep an eye on Celine over there. Her uh, little jewelry lit up a bit. It, it Not, does that. Well, glad I wasn't. There wasn't too much to be concerned about. Well, it's all the same to you. I'm gonna hit the sack. Yep. Thanks for uh, letting me know. All right. Boss will go find a good spot to take his watch. You find a good spot at the corner of this L-shaped cavern. And Kata joins you, kind of nuzzling in. Please roll perception for your watch. Okay. Do, do I get advantage because Kata's helping me? <laughs> Are you asking Kata to help you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. It's only fair since I used to give it to Celine. Uh, so that would be... 17. Okay. With a 17. In general, your watch remains quiet. Nothing of true note happens. However, having been the one who typically takes the second watch, you are accustomed to Celine awakening from her trance somewhere within that time frame, as she does not need a long time to rest. However, during your watch, she does not stir, and her pendant, as Lucius had pointed out, remains in a faint pulsing green glow. Okay. Probably just gonna let her be because she had a rough day. This is true. Maybe she just needs a little extra. Okay. Is there anything you would like to do during your watch? Uh, yeah. Moss would like to pull out his new atlas. Okay. And flip to, like, the right part well where Hellos Phi is and see if he can try and figure out like where they might be as far as where they might be in the overworld. Okay. Um I'd like you to make a a uh, intelligence check just to gauge something. Okay. Huh, seventeen. Okay. 
With a 17, you have an approximate estimate of the amount of time you guys have spent within these caverns. At the pace that you've been moving, and the assumption that you <clears throat> excuse me, and the assumption that you have been moving generally east, as any turns in these tunnels have been extremely gentle. You feel that looking at your atlas and the amount of time you've spent down here, there's a very good chance that you are no longer under the city. But potentially at this point, you may actually be under the sea. Okay. Do, do I s sense any little lobsters going around singing? <laughs> Roll nature. <laughs> of course I'd crit. <laughs> no lobsters. But for some reason, an image of a yellow and blue fish pops into your head. Oh, that joke floundered. Ha! Ha 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 You hear Gurn in his sleep. Maybe it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Alright, let's, 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 let's not get a letter from Disney. I got a couple letters for them. I'd frame it. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to do with your uh, watch? Mm, no, not really. But when it comes to the end, is Celine awake yet? Uh, as you approach the end of your watch, Celine has not awoken from her trance yet. Okay. He'll, like, gently shake her arm. Her shoulder. She does not stir. Okay. He's gonna, uh, like, put his hand over the pendant, not touching it, but seeing if it's, like, radiating heat or anything. It is. Very gentle, very soft. It almost reminds you of the warmth of a midsummer's day you you hold your hand you hover your hand over the pendant and it it, it almost feels like gentle sunlight it's almost inviting <clears throat> not sure what's going on not being able to wake her Asa's just going to slap her across the face. No. <laughs> He's going to go wake Gurn up. So he's going to walk over and kind of shake Gurn. Okay. Is Gurn being voluntold? He's being voluntold, yep. Okay. <clears throat> you mind taking third watch, Gurn? What is Gurn going to watch the rocks? I mean, 
Garn will do. <laughs> Garn gets up and uh, makes his way over to the mouth of the L-shaped cavern that we have so conveniently found. Yes. Moss, you settle back in. Kata wraps her body around you once again. You feel her cool drake scales against yours. And though she is not necessarily warm to the touch, she is not cold. You settle in and pop back into your shell. And fairly quickly fall back asleep. Gurn, for your watch, please roll perception. It is a 14, sir. You do indeed watch the rocks. You stare intently at the rocks and the dirt and the stones. For about five minutes until you realize that's just boring. But then you begin to feel that thrum, that pulse within the earth stronger, less consistent. It reminds you of a flowing river. Something, something in these caves is moving. Gern's just going to keep a visual, an audible lookout. At the at the mouth and, and back and forth of the tunnel. But he's going to try and focus on what this thrum feels like. Okay. This thrum is unfamiliar to you. You've never experienced anything like this. You know the ebb and flow of water felt it, seen it, it nearly killed you once. You know the flow of wind, you've experienced storms, you know what wind feels like when it's gentle, you know what it, what, what it feels like when it's angry. Can't be fire, fire's chaotic, it doesn't have patterns. sit here pondering this for a good while. Definitely in the earth. Far too large, too pervasive to be a creature. This is something. And it makes you feel the earth, the stone, the dirt. It's alive. But how is it alive? How does stone flow so you're pondering this listening to that rhythmic thrum anything else that you'd like to do with your watch mm. Gurn's gonna try and 
flashback his memory to what he knew about or what what he remembers the environment that he was held hostage in essentially think back damn it you think back to your childhood that metal cage the only place you were allowed to exist never allowed to touch the ground being told you weren't worthy to step foot in the dirt think back to that metal cage the few times it moved the few times they carried you from one tent to another for some other creative abuse sometimes to watch what they did to your mother and you looked out into the vast wastelands where this encampment lay barren stone sand and snow the only vegetation around you, dead or dying. Fires lit. Be where they could. Black smoke rising in plumes across the horizon. You try to think back, focusing on the, that environment. It was stone. It was dirt. It was sand. There was no life there. Whatever life had been there had been wiped out by the people that took you, that made you by taking their mother, by taking your mother. Gern's going to kind of like shake his head and, and come back to task at hand and try and uh, move past this PTSD moment for himself okay. and continue his watch. As the time progresses, eventually your party mates begin to stir. However, as you venture back into the L-shaped cavern, looking across your party mates, you see them waking, stretching, yawning. Though Selene remains propped up against the wall, and that pendant on her neck softly glowing. Gurn makes his way over to Selene. Okay and just kind of looks at her. She appears to be deep within her trance. A stance you are very familiar with, as she has done this countless times, every night since you've met her. It is strange that she has not awakened yet. Who, uh... Who else all's waking up? Crystal is starting to wake up now. I assume Vice is asleep nearby. Vice uh, is right next to Selene. Vice would likely be waking up. 
As, as you're starting to stir, Gurn taps you on the leg, and you see that he's crouched down next to you slash Celine, and he's just kind of staring at Celine as he's like tapping your shin. Hmm. Yes, good. Clean been like this since Mass got me up. Meditating? Or yeah, meditating. Don't know. Brian doesn't do it. Hearing people talking, Moss would start waking up, and then seeing Celine's still not, uh, he'll make his way over. He's been, uh, that way all night, boys. She's this way every night. Yeah, but not for more than a few hours. Hmm. Crystal will come over, <clears throat> hearing them all talking. I'm like, what's going on? They're worried about Celine's meditation. Um, why? I suppose because the watches were boring. Staring at rocks and dirt. They had nothing better to do than to, I suppose, stare at party members. But, Vice, I tried to wake her up. She didn't come out of it. I'm like, isn't she usually, like, the first one awake? Normally, yeah. As you're all standing here pondering this, occasionally looking down at Celine, seeing her in her meditative stance, that pendant glowing on her neck, very suddenly the glowing disappears and her eyes shoot open. She looks around at all of you and then locks eyes with Vice. Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. I need to leave. We all do. No, I need to leave now. It's... It's my mother. She gets up very hastily and grabs her bag. I'm sorry, but... Harrison reached out to me. My tribe's under attack. My mother's been taken. I need to leave now. Don't suppose you know the way out of these tunnels? I'm just gonna have to go back the way we came. Well, that's gonna get you killed. Not if I do it quickly enough. Nice. Everyone. I'm sorry. She steps forward, Vice. Leans in and gives you a soft kiss on the cheek 
in that moment, her form shifts into that of a bird, an owl, as she flies out of the cavern and disappears into the caves. DM, does it seem like a nocturnal owl? Perhaps one of the night? Yeah. You know, not like Hedwig. Does it from seem Harry Potter, as one to be like high intellect, like perhaps kind of nerdy in a way? As it flies away, does it go? <laughs> did Did you just try to make a? He did. Yeah. He did. He did. Who? 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 Whatever owl it is, we'll just have to roll with it. I, I, I feel like those trolls are coming down the tunnels at us now. <laughs> the long rest button. I wonder if the guinea pigs are attacking them. <laughs> it's a possibility. Ferocious creatures. At this point, Lucius is going to finally wake up. Everyone's up and up out early. What would I miss? Uh, Celine's tribe is being attacked, and she's going on a suicide mission. I don't want to hear any more crap about me jumping down holes. Hmm. I don't want to hear any more crap about me jumping down holes. Can we still give you crap for your homoerotic clubs? My what? Yep. Don't I I'm you fairly that? certain most clubs are straight. We Otherwise, know. you won't be able to hit folks with it. We know. Garn was in a club once, but he couldn't talk about it. I'm like, I think that's like the kind of club we're talking about here. Well, we can, I guess, try and follow Celine to help her. Gonna catch her. Keep going the way we came. Honestly, I think it's best if we move on forward. It'll be, like, hard for us to, like, go back the way that Celine went. But, like, she says, the bracelet. 
Charles. Yeah, but that only has about a range of about a mile. Well, we get out and maybe go to find her and help. But Gern don't think we can go back where we we come from. Um unless we can all fly out of the hole Ocious wanted to jump in. I have yet learned how to defy gravity of my own accord. Actually, Actually, that's completely feasible. And you're mentioning this now. Well, it was only feasible now after your dumbass threw yourself down the hole. I didn't have the magics to do it, now did I? I'm sorry that your hasty decision-making skills, or lack thereof, have put us in a position that we couldn't get out of the hole, but now that I'm rested and thinking about it, I am perfectly capable of getting us out of that hole. You see, I can... I cannot split spells. Right? And I can turn someone into a bird. And by splitting that spell, I can turn someone else into a bird with very little additional cost. And then I could do it again. It could totally get us out of the hole. Yeah, my gut's still telling me to move forward. Your gut told you to jump down a fucking hole, Lucius. But I won't bring that up again. Because the person that can turn into an owl and get themselves out of here is gone. Well, what does everyone else think? It's like probably a, like a better idea to continue on. But um, next time, try to like show restraint around the hole. <laughs> I assure you, I will not go poking around holes anymore without further inflection, inner inflection. One must always use caution before exploring the hole. So, we're all up and about. Give me a few minutes to gather myself and select which uh, um. of my magics for the day. He's going to sit down and Reflect in word and select what he wants to use. Do anyone know if Dawn could be like a river? Well, I, I don't know about like a river, but from my current calculations on the atlas there's a solid chance we're underneath the sea right now 
no, this... This isn't water. It... Thinks... Thinks like it, but... It is Earth. Kern feels it. So... Like... Bud? No. Kern knows mud. So I'm like, what is it like? Kern already told you. It's like water, but earth. Well, it feels like water. Um, not feel. It. Flows? Hmm. What? Are you like saying that it's flowing? Like moving? Uh. So. It's like water. And it's hot down here. Possibly. Other. I heard of some things uh, in my travels where there's mountains that spit out liquid rock that can burn folks. Never actually seen it myself, but I have heard of it. Find out, I guess. Kern wants to see it. Well, like, if this tunnel, like, leads to it, I guess you will. Gurn's gonna look at Vice. You okay? Yeah, I... I don't know why I wouldn't be. Gurn's gonna nod his head. And not uh, even an insight check? Damn. No. Nobody on this party could handle emotions. Gurn's just gonna, gonna take you at face value. I mean. But he also knows that it, it I mean everything just happens, so you you're still processing as well. I like that Gurn knows that. He's like, he just, he just thinking. Yeah, he's, he's trying to bluff on me right now, but. Gotta, gotta let him cook. Yep. Hopefully he doesn't jump in the lava pit. <laughs> no. Gurn's Swan gonna died. make his way to the front of the LK, LK from the... Start making his way opposite the direction they came. Okay. I assume everybody's following suit. 
Yep. Yep. Moss is going to hang back to keep even with Vice. Vice will probably be the last one out. As he's been taking up the tail for most of it. Although now he can't fucking see, so now he has to cast Dancing Lights. Oh. As everybody else leaves, Moss is going to wait for you and just look at you and go, if it helps, I can see perfectly well down here. You can just hang on to me if you want. Vice holds Moss's tail and walks behind him. No, it was Aww. honestly just a way to hold Celine's hand. I thought maybe. As we're as we're walking, Moss is just now that well, you're the only other person that was in the field of trials. What are the chances we're headed towards? You remember that? Well, that field where it was all just well, molten rock and fire. It's pretty good. Pretty good chances that's what's happening. I fucking hated that one. Oh, it was terrible. Okay. I guess we should get moving. Also, just keep walking. So, as you all continue down the cavern, keeping a keen ear out for any potential intrusions, as you walk, over the course of the next few hours, there don't seem to be any more breaks. Though the ambient temperature within these caverns does seem to increase, only slightly, but it is significantly warmer than you may have expected being in a cavern, and as Moss put it, under the sea. It feels as though it should be colder than it is, but it is maintaining a fairly comfortable temperature. Is there anything that would like to be done over the course of the next few hours? Gurn uh, wants to draw a hopscotch. Nah, I'm sorry. Gurn's not doing anything else. But traversing forward. Moss would like to try and smell, like, the air. See if it smells similar to that place in the Field of Trials. General perception. Sixteen. With a sixteen, it does not smell like the Field of Trials. You smell moist, warm earth and rock. The air is almost metallic with the amount of mineral that you can smell and taste on the air. But it is not smoky, it is not sulfurous. It doesn't have the same reeking stench that the air of the trials had. 
and you feel as though if there is lava or magma within these caverns, it is still a ways away. Okay. Guess we keep walking. So you continue traveling. I'd say from the time you left the camp until now, it has been about six hours. A very quiet, contemplative walking. Trying to stay relatively quiet, Lucius doing what he can to muffle his footsteps in his armor. Staying on guard. Gurn occasionally asking everyone to stop so that he can press his ear to the stone. As you continue walking, once again you begin to hear chattering voices. You feel as though you may be coming up on another cavern filled with something. Lucius is going to uh, cover his eye again, get near Moss and cover his eye. You find that you are still able to see Thanks to Vice's dancing lights. Alright, let's get closer and see what this one is. Vice, you might want to douse those lights so we don't get noticed before we approach. Uh, as you say that, uh, Vice dismisses his lights and grabs onto the edge of Moss's shell. I'm not holding your hand, Moss. Uh, I'd prefer to have them free just in case anyway. Oh. My hand's not good enough for you, then. Well, I know you don't like the feeling of scales in the afternoon. Is it afternoon? I don't know. Well, I'm certain noon passed, so it might have been after some time that. As you continue walking down the cavern, you find that it begins to widen a bit, as if this section was more thoroughly cut through. And you're met with a sudden corner. As you peek around the corner, you look forward and you see the familiar glow of faint torchlight. And I assume Gurn is taking point. Yeah. Gurn, as you poke your head around the corner and look forward towards that torchlight, you see dimly within it the faded forms of many of these small creatures bustling back and forth, moving in all directions. Silhouetted against the light, they seem like small shadows moving around. Occasionally bumping into each other, some of them pause to have conversations. It seems that whatever is going on in here is 
busy. Appears we came up to some sort of encampment. Do these individuals who are uh, we can see in the torchlight here? Do they seem as disheveled as the previous ones, or hard to tell with how dim the lighting is? They seem to be of the same race, and based on their silhouettes, you're not seeing the shine of any specialized armor or anything. But from what you gathered with the small group you met once before. These people don't tend, don't, don't, don't really put hygiene first. So even if they were wearing armor, you doubt it would be polished like yours. But for the most part, they seem to just be moving back and forth, carrying crates. It seems as though they may be moving supplies around. I suggest we uh, move quietly as we move forward. Try and sneak around him again. Gern thinks there's too many. But maybe we can probably talk to these. So, Good try. Sometimes it's better to win the battle without having to fight. I mean, we could just try walking through. There's always that. Maybe the audacity of that move might confuse them long enough for us to get through. If he tries to stop us, we just keep going. And then, if that fails, we can use a, f a more aggressive form of diplomacy. Or... Gurn could run in and distract them and you guys kill them all. Don't That'll work, too. Need to kill them all. DM, while all this conversation is happening, Vice is casting Mage Armor. Noted. I don't trust that this isn't going <laughs> to turn into an all-out brawl. <laughs> With us? Never. With the Frizz? No way. Oh man. Cruising down the cavern. I mean, we could just. Could just piss Crystal off and send her in after him. Hmm, actually, that won't work anymore. Yeah, like, it, it won't. She found inner peace and tranquility. Yeah, like, now something she blazes like that. At will. Good for you. We could always just walk in and say hello. Personally, I think like all the options sound pretty bad. So like we should just like choose one. And either way we gotta walk in there. 
Gurn thinks they're not used to light. Well. I can walk. We can... She can summon his little dancing little balls. And I can take off my eye patch. Maybe that might uh, impress them enough. I could cast something onto my shield. Dancing little balls. I don't like how you phrased that, Lucius. <laughs> well, I'll try to do better next time. That was more syllables than necessary. And you still made managed to make me feel uncomfortable. Um, DM, Gern's going to put stick away onto his back, and he's going to pull out the shield and a single hand axe. Putting his AC to 21. Jesus okay. fuck. Upon seeing uh, Gurn readying himself, I'm, uh, Lucius is going to cast Shield of Faith on himself. Alright. Us three in front. Sounds good. Shields on the left and the right of me. I'll take the center. Good. Move your tokens. Crystal. I I can't yeah. see the other tokens. Go right there. Okay. Thank you. On your signal. Scorching ray or fireball. Um, and like why? Well, if we're gonna hit multiple people, might as well hit them hard. Mm, true. Um, so we're going to move up in unison here. Holding the the three melee front line. I can see now. They're doing the famous turtle formation. <laughs> Always comes in handy. Have we been noticed yet? As you step into the torchlight. The few creatures that happen to be nearby glance over and see the three of you standing there, imposing in size compared to them. They drop the crates they are holding and begin to run. Well, this just might get easier than we thought. The sheer audacity and they let us through. You were a shit warrior, weren't you? They're not running from us. They're getting reinforcements. I guarantee it. 
Moss is just gonna, like, loudly go, Uh, does anybody here speak common? As you say this, you look out into the dim lighting. Your special eyes. Fixating on one of these creatures who begins to step forward and stands right in front of you. This man seems to hold himself in a manner different from the others you've encountered. He has pride. He has courage. He's clad in solid black iron armor. And he looks up at the three of you, making direct eye contact to each of you. Wielding a hefty-looking hammer in one of his hands, he lifts it, pointing in your direction, and asks a question in a language you don't understand. Ooh, I'm going to guess find... it means no to common. Could just be asking us our names. <clears throat> he looks at each of you again and asks another question. This time the language seems to change. Yet you still do not understand it. I think he's trying to figure out whether we can understand him. Uh, Moss will switch to Aquin. Uh, any chance you'd understand this? He lowers his hammer, holding it steadily at his side. You see his face kind of scoff. He shakes his head and says something you don't understand. Lucius and Orcish will say something. Do you understand that we just want to walk through and we want to have no conflict with any of y'all? This man looks at you, making fierce eye contact, and takes his hammer in both hands and says something in a menacing tone. He, and seems, back and he seems offended by whatever you said. Back Do I at all recognize language what do i at all recognize the language what are your speaking? known languages common and celestial no okay well i do believe they recognize the sound of orcish and that did not please them moss will set his shield down and put one hand on his chest and so moss and then slowly stick his hand out to shake the man's hand he looks at you quizzically still wielding the hammer in both hands very slowly releases one of his hands from it he firmly holds the hammer at his side walks up to you and sniffs your hand. This dude speaks Gurn. 
Moss is going to be saying this as calmly and nicely as he can, even though he can't understand it. Like, we mean you no harm. As he stands close to you, you see his vision move past you, between you. He locks eyes with Crystal. As he does so, he takes his free hand and reaches under his armor and pulls out what appears to be kind of a small red crystal. Not like the crystals you guys found in Interion, but a small red crystal like a ruby. He sets his hammer down on the ground, takes the necklace off, and just kind of holds it up like forcing his hand between you and Lucius. And he holds it up. He watches this man does this, staring at Crystal, and looking down at his necklace. You see the slightest shimmer within the crystalline form. There's, there's a small flash of red light from within it. He very rapidly takes his arm back, readorns the crystal, drops to a knee and lowers his head and says something in a language you don't understand. As you look out into the crowd of onlookers, they all murmur the same words and drop to a knee and lower their heads. It's See, be, the audacity is what gets us through here. It's going to be a little bit out of character. I've never seen a person so inviting for a fucking blight into quicken spell blight. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. That's why I said it. Goddamn. Boss will turn back to Crystal and just be like, uh think this is your show. Um. Maybe? She, she, she's just as confused by it. Don't. Don't play bagpipes. <laughs> I, I, I won't. Just step slightly more forward. As you step forward, the creature once again repeats the words. And then you hear it as if it is an echo repeated by every other creature in this room. I am like, have no clue what they're talking about. Maybe we see if you can just through with us and we be going on our way. Yeah, we could like try. Maybe I should like be in front. Yeah. Yeah. So she'll go over to the front of the group. 
as you step forward between your friends, closer to this man. He takes his necklace off once again, keeping his head down and his knee on the ground. In both hands, he presents the necklace to you. Crystal will look at it before carefully taking it from him. As you wield this necklace, it is a simple rope band with a simply mounted what looks to be a ruby. As you hold it in your hand, you see within it small sparks start to manifest until for until in, in an instant it suddenly flashes and glows brightly, illuminating the area around you until that glow diminishes to a much softer glow akin to a candle alight in your hand. This creature, having raised its head long enough to see this, repeats the words once again and drops completely to the ground. Head touching the earth, hands on the ground, and he just keeps repeating the words, and you look out as every other creature in this room follows suit. Hmm. And as if in a chant, as if in a chant, those words are repeated and echoed back across the cavern walls. Crystal's gonna just nod to him and then start taking a couple steps forward so the group can follow. No one moves. None of the creatures move. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Nice. As you all... As you all venture across this room, you look around and you see ramshackled tents. Smatterings of torches kind of scattered across the room. To your south, you see a pile of crates and barrels. And upon staring at them, you see a very simple symbol on the sides of the barrels. It looks like a flame. There appear to be a handful of tents. Most of the cloth on these tents is scorched and torn. And up to the northeast, you see more crates and carafes. Some of them open with what looks like water and other various supplies, vegetation and such that you've never seen before. But it indeed looks like a camp. None of the creatures move as they remain bowing and repeating their chant. The crates with the fire symbol on them, are any of them opened? Uh, none of them are open. None of the barrels are open. The crates are open. Oh, the barrels aren't open. It seems they seem to hold you in high regard. Um, yeah, it does, like, seem that way. As I'm walking through, looking around, 
Do I see any of like the scorch marks from the thing we were trailing in here? Roll perception. Uh, 17. Well, the 17, you do see a handful of scorch marks. This particular cavern appears to be a bit more natural than the tunnels you've been passing through, much like the waterborne one you were in earlier. This one, however, does not have sources of water. It just seems to be an opening in the rock. However, you do see scorch marks kind of erratically placed across the room. But many of them, as you follow the paths of these scorch marks, actively avoid the area where the barrels are. I'm not sure, but I think I may have found what they're using to keep that fire going. What do you, like, think you found? I'm also, like, pointing out the scorch marks around. Don't go near those barrels at all. And those barrels have a little flame on them. Something tells me whatever in those is most likely will catch pretty easily. Yeah. It's like interesting. say we keep going through <clears throat> our way out as you approach the opposite side of this cavern coming towards what appears to be another cut tunnel there are two boulders sitting near the entrance of the tunnel these boulders suddenly animate creaking and crumbling upwards until you notice that each of them has a face crudely carved in cracks across the stone these creatures look at you to each of you and see the prostrating masses behind you and slowly step out of your way curl up and return to appear to be nothing but boulders. I think we should take this opportunity and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that. But, I mean, there is still fireball centered on those crates if we really wanted to, I don't know, make sure we weren't followed. I think, like, possibly leave it for now? Yeah, it's probably the smart part. As long as we have crystal, we don't have to fight them. Yeah, like, apparently so. <laughs> and if the ocean is above us, um, Kern don't want to go swimming. 
I don't think the blast will get that big. Yeah, but like it's a, it's a better idea to not do it. Even if the strange voice is like saying that please do. Well, that was very well done. And instead of saying Crystal's name, Moss is going to repeat the word they were all chanting. And just like bow his head towards Crystal. <laughs> what What is that word, actually? DM, what, what does that word sound like? I'm too tired to come up with it right now. <laughs> I'm going to need a reminder. Well, it's officially 2 a.m. times 2. It is. Oh, you know what that means group, to be with the one. As the group leaves the cavern with the prostrating masses, and you continue along your path, Pondering what the hell just happened and why they seem to revere Crystal. Some of you wondering why Celine had to leave so suddenly. You continue down the cut tunnels of stone, delving deeper, seemingly beneath the ocean. That is where we are going to end tonight's session. Due to scheduling conflicts next week, we will not be running campaign, but we'll instead be running a small one-shot, as only a few of us, a couple of us, can attend. As it is still tentative, I am not in this moment prepared to make official announcements regarding what that one-shot will be. However, we very much look forward to playing around with it. And the following week, we should be returning to our main campaign as we try to figure out what the fuck is going on here. Well played, folks. Congratulations to the recipients of the first ever inspiration dice from a DM in our campaign. I hope you use them well. Does anybody have any closing statements? It's been a long day. That it has. <clears throat> been a long day. There. Uh, happy birthday, Stig. Yeah, happy birthday, Stig. Happy birthday, you sim racing yeah. bitch. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stig, and whatever side of the, uh, bear domestication argument you're on yeah, I'm off to make some cornbread we'll definitely take the opposite side of that uh, he's pro-domestication uh, then I am anti-domestication thank you for joining us as we've rolled through the night join us again on Tuesday and or Wednesday for gaming with Sandy Fridays for matters at hand and next Saturday 
for our next game night. Thank you for coming. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.